Hello, everybody. It's me, Mark Joyner, with the No Wristbands crew. Uh, this week, we have Bev Rage of the Queer Core Garage Pop Band, Bev Rage and the Drinks, joining us on our newest episode to talk about their musical journey from being an aspiring punk in Canton, Ohio, of all places, to moving to Chicago and founding Bev Rage and the Drinks. We also spend time talking about the scary restrictions certain parts of the country are trying to put on members of the LGBTQ plus community, and as well as being a seven-foot-tall drag queen, uh, performer Bev has some thoughts on the current bullshit controversy surrounding drag shows. Uh, I very much enjoyed getting to know Bev more and talking about how they create music and all the fun things on the horizon for the band. Please make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at No Wristbands and check out our Facebook page. Uh, no Wristbands, we drink for free. As always, thanks so much. Have a great day. All right. Hey, hello. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Joyner. I'm joined, as always, with Papa Novak, and we are here today with Bev from Bev Rage and the Drinks. How are you doing today, Bev? I am lovely. It's a gloomy Tuesday, and I'm enjoying it. We've been having a lot of those lately. The first question we have is, when's it going to get nice out? (laughs) I am looking into my crystal ball right now, and I'm going to say uh, next week. (laughs) Perfect. All right. I'm excited about that. Uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, Bev Rage and the Drinks are a great uh, indie punk band here based out of Chicago. Uh, really enjoy your stuff, and I'm looking forward to get a chance to chat with you today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah. We both uh, we both saw the band at the uh, Smash Plastic event last yeah. year, so uh, yeah. that was wonderful. We like to keep things in in close circle here in the pod. You know, We've had Andy from Smash Plastic on a couple of times. We're glad we can keep you in that orbit as well. Indeed. Yeah, it's a very it's a very small Chicago music world. One of our one of our um, members of the band, Dan, he works at Smash Plastic as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that makes sense then. Uh, great that you got to play it. Uh, so let's start here, Bev. Uh, how old were you when you started playing music? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I let's see. Started playing officially. I started taking guitar lessons when I was fourteen years old. Um, started writing songs very shortly after that, just in my little, uh, Canton, Ohio bedroom. Um, <laughs> and I, let's see, I took guitar lessons for about two years. I quickly moved into playing bass and kind of dabbled a little bit in like piano and whatnot, but yeah, around 14, 13, 14. Okay. And at, prior to this point, music had been something that you were really excited about, passionate about, or it was like... If you're just like, okay, now's my time to shine. I'm going to try playing mm-hmm. guitar now. Yeah, absolutely. It was always kind of like my uh, my getaway from the world is list- getting into my bedroom, listening to records, whether that's the old records that my parents had or some mm-hmm. stuff that I was mm-hmm. buying you know, at the little uh, indie record store down the street. So yeah, it was always a big part of my life as far as I remember. Uh, what are we listening to at this point? You said your your parents' records and your records. What mm-hmm. what's the inspiration? What's the genesis here? <laughs> well, my parents' records and my records were very different. Um, <laughs> I, I remember as as a, a very young kid, my uh, mom always had some cassette tapes that we would listen to over and over again on road trips. So those included the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, which I love. <laughs> you had the time <laughs> of your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he was a big Harry Chapin fan, so I know literally every Harry Chapin song. Wow, <laughs> which is a very very obscure thing to know as a uh, as as myself. Um, but my records, I very quickly got into kind of like the 
like East Bay punk uh, records, like Lookout Records. Um, yeah. That kind of that kind of stuff very early on, just kind of through the the lens of like finding Green Day, but then looking at yeah. the, looking at the thank you notes on those records and be like, oh, who's oh that wow, friend? and then just kind of uh, doing some mail order, or going down to the record store and just finding those records that had that label on it or something adjacent. Wow. Uh, very Man. quickly got into very obscure, or at least for me, things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people have that older sibling or that friend that's like, hey, check this out. That's really cool that you went and did that discovery piece on your own. Kudos mm-hmm. to you. I do have an I do have an older brother that uh, he's he's a great guy. We had very different musical tastes as kids. We almost like rebelled from each other. Uh, he was a <laughs> big metalhead, which I, I actually, knew it. I knew that was coming. I can I can respect that now. And I actually do like a lot of what he listened to. But I was like, I would never do that as a, <laughs> as a young, <laughs> sensitive, young, sensitive boy in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you always know you wanted to be a musician? Um, you know, it's hard to say. I've always been theatrical in a way, and I've always loved music. So combining those two things was a natural, uh, a natural gate way into what I do now. Um, however, I was always a very shy kid. So being on stage was always scary. Um, I didn't really... Uh, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew that music was a huge part of my life and I knew that I uh, had like this theatrical part of, side of myself. So um, yeah, I mean, it made sense after after kind of looking at it from uh, being a little bit older now that I, I, I do this. Having seen you guys live before, I find it hard to believe that you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can get up there <laughs> on that stage. That's so not Bev. <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting i i live a little bit of a double life i'm still i still can kind of like retreat into that introvert status every now and then but bev is definitely not an introvert <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right but but it's taken a long time i'm uh i'm 38 years old so it's taken a long time to get to the where i am today a lot of uh a lot of practice a lot of being on big stages small stages to really get comfortable with where what i do right now at, when at, at when that point start, at that point when you're 14, 15, 16, and you're, you know, starting to play guitar, starting to, you know, think about being in a band, liking music, uh, did you have friends that were doing the same thing that, you know, you sort of bonded together about this? So when I was first starting, I really didn't. I was kind of a kind of a loner figuring out what I wanted to do musically at that point. Um, I didn't really meet any music friends until I was uh I turned around 16 is when I got my driver's license, basically. So I grew up in Canton, Ohio, which is about 60 miles south of Cleveland. There mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. as far as I know, there was not much going on musically in Canton, Ohio at the point, at that point, um, late 1990s. And um, as soon as I got my driver's license, I started, I started telling my parents that I was going to a friend's house, but I would drive up to Cleveland <laughs> and go to... Places like the Grog Shop or uh-huh. the Tavern, which are like the all ages clubs, and see mm-hmm. a show, and then drive home and um, and pretend I was at a sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> do they know this? Is this is an exclusive on the pod right now? That, they do now. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I, I have told them the 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 funniest, the most extreme one was I drove to Buffalo, New York. Oh wow! When I was sixteen years old in my Jeep Wrangler. And I saw the Groovy Ghoulies, 
Um, and I was driving home and it started to snow. So I mm. pulled off into the parking lot of a, um, just some hotel or motel and took a nap. And then I woke up and there was over a foot of snow on my car. Whoa. Completely dark. Oh, <laughs> so, um, that was a, that was a fun drive home. At least I was in a Jeep. <laughs> yeah. Right. You had the right car for it. And then yeah. you get home and it, no snow had happened in, in Canton. You're like, yeah, exactly, I don't exactly. know where that, I don't know what happened here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So how do you get from, from Canton to Chicago? Yeah. Uh, so let's see. So I went to, so after high school, I left Canton and I moved to Kent, Kent state mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and went to college there for four years. Um, right after college, I was uh, trying to figure out what my next move was. I knew that I didn't really want to stay in Ohio. So I was uh, trying to find a job. I was trying to figure out where to move in Chicago was the most natural place for me. It wasn't mm -hmm. that far away. Um, and it made sense. I never expected to stay in Chicago this long, but it has been incredible. I love Chicago. I love everything about it. And it's been about, I think I hit my 15 years this month. Nice. nice. But yeah. we're happy to have you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but in Cleveland so as well, I, I kind of started my music journey in Cleveland. I played in a bunch of bands there. Um, I did a few little tours here and there and it kind of got my, my, band legs i would say in in cleveland ohio which was mm -hmm. a little more an approachable scene it was a lot smaller everybody knew each mm -hmm. other and chicago even though it feels small it's a huge music scene especially yeah uh, especially if you don't really know anybody or what to do here in the there, city there's stuff for your brother there's stuff for you they got it all <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh so how old are you when you join your first band or you form your first band i shouldn't say join maybe you did it on your own I was, let's see, I was 16. Um, I joined a band off of, uh, God, what was it? It's some sort of like music uh, message board in Cleveland. Sure. Um, answered an ad for, um, I forget what they, I think it was like for in search of people who like the Stooges and like the MC5 nice. stuff like yeah. that. And I was like, I kind of like those bands. Sure, why not? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> And uh, that band, it was with my my still friend Adam. Uh, it was called the Interceptors. These are all bad. These are all bad names. So every early band name is a bad name. <laughs> That's yeah. what we found. Yeah, but that band was really fun. We had a good time. We were around for uh, maybe a few years and kind of went through a few different changes. But uh, that was really fun. I joined another band around like seventeen or eighteen. Um, a band that I had already been a fan of um in cleveland it was like a little pop punk band i'm not going to say their name because um i don't agree with their politics mm -hmm. uh, okay um so i don't want to give them airtime but uh yeah and then a few other things before i moved to chicago and then how quickly did it take you i'm jumping ahead here i'm sorry uh how long did it take how long did it take you to feel like you found your community in chicago it took a little while so um so I came out um, as gay when I was about 20, 19 or 20 and uh, trying to figure out how to do both, uh, be, be both a punk musician or mm -hmm. a musician in general, and also just kind of uh, figuring out my sexuality and who I was as a person mm -hmm. took a really long time. Um, so I started a queer punk band in Cleveland right before I left. 
Um, and that was kind of my first uh, dive into that scene and trying to figure out how to make these two things work together. Um, let's see. What was the question? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're, you're doing a great job. So it's okay. it's like, how long did it take you to feel like you you found your community mm-hmm. in, in Chicago? Okay. So you're, yeah, you're yeah, coming, yeah. So you made it big in Cleveland, and you're like, you know, I'm taking this show on the road. I'm going to Chicago. Yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Yeah. Uh, Three hundred miles. And, Bev and, is on her way. Bev and, is on her way. And were there some influential people that you connected with that sort of yeah. helped you move to where you wanted to be? Hmm. Yeah. So when I moved to Chicago, I didn't know anyone. Um, I was going to shows that was kind of my safe space is going to these small shows. I would mm-hmm. uh, see local shows. I would see uh touring acts, but they were at these, at the places like the bottle or at yeah. mm-hmm. uh, like Ronnie's or township. Oh or man. Like I forgot that. about Ronnie's. <laughs> I don't, don't exist anymore. Just yeah. small mm-hmm. places. And um, I would meet people, you know, it's like a dark, club people are drunk so it's hard to really connect uh with people but it took me a little while i tried to form a band right when i started in chicago and it didn't really go anywhere um i couldn't find the right people we didn't really mesh um and then i met um one of the first members of beverage and the drinks uh around like 2014 i would say and he and i uh meshed pretty well musically. Mm -hmm. So he was the first person that um, I started playing serious music with in Chicago. Um, And he was in the band all the way up until about 2018 or 19. Mm. Um, But there were always some influential bands in Chicago. I have always loved like, um, oh geez, who even was around back then. Um, I'll have to get back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hold that thought because we will ask again later on down the line. and, and so Queercore, when you found that, were was this like, this is my music, like these people speak to me, I understand this, or is it something that you, you didn't necessarily relate to, like didn't connect with right away? Or, or still figuring it out at that point. Yeah, for sure. You know, I connected with it pretty early on. It, it always spoke to me because it spoke to my own um, thoughts and feelings of how mm-hmm. I would and it worked because it was like punk music and it was talking about queer themes, um, things that made sense to me. Um, a lot of my favorite uh, musicians growing up were always women because they were using the pronouns that made sense to me. They mm-hmm. were, their experiences were closer. I felt to how I was feeling. Um, I never really related to the like straight male bands. And I still really don't honestly, um, whose uh, the content of their uh, songs or lyrics don't really, they, it just doesn't really work with mm-hmm. how I um, So I got into Queercore, like through kind of like the East Bay uh, mm-hmm. stuff that I was listening to. Um, Pansy Division was very early on, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I was always very, very into um, uh bands that had women uh, leaders in it, like the Muffs or the Lunachicks or um, of course, like La Tigra and Bikini Kill, bands mm-hmm. like that, that really mm-hmm. kind of kind of catapulted me into the more obscure, like queer core stuff eventually. Uh, Riot Girl. I always like the way that's written out. That's how <laughs> yeah. I kind of always say it, Ron. Uh, yeah, so, so when did you find uh, Pansy Division? That's something you really connected with right away. I know you get... 
y'all are going on tour with them soon. Yeah. So um, Pansy Vision, let's see. So early on, I mean, I, I've told John this, the lead singer of Pansy Vision, that um, I was sitting- Friend with, of the pod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to his records when I was like 14 years old. I remember mail ordering uh, that first seven inch that they released long after they released it, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, sitting with it and being like, holy shit, what is this? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> been hiding it from my parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then I was lucky enough to play a show with them when I think I was like 18 at the grog shop in Cleveland. And that was my first time meeting them. Um, I've known John ever since and, uh, Luis, the drummer of Pansy Division, he and I are friends as well. Um, and we've had the pleasure of, uh, knowing each other that long, but also playing shows together. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. anytime I'm in their cities, we get together and have dinner, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah it's, it's been a really fun, um, it's been a fun little, uh, journey from being a 14 year old fan to being friends. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah leader in my life and like you said we are going on tour with them in june so uh they'll be their first midwest tour since we played with them in 2016 at shubas it's huge huge yeah love pansy division uh so bev you are are quite the performer you you dress up in in for your performances did i am assuming it didn't necessarily start out that way when you started playing in bands or did it I wish I, I wish I was a uh, 20 year old or 20 year drag veteran, but that is not true. <laughs> um, no, no, it never, it never started like that. But when I was, when I was younger, I always yearned to see bands that entertained me. Mm-hmm. And there were often times where I would like a certain band and I would go and see them and uh, I would be pretty underwhelmed. And that was always a goal of mine that I would never do that mm-hmm. to when they come to see my band so i was always in my head i was like how do i make sure that i'm entertaining even when i'm just standing there um and there's a lot more to my drag than just being entertaining but uh, <laughs> it's also a political uh, sure but, uh, mm-hmm. but well, we can uh, go into that you can tell us all about it for sure um but in general i've always thought that um first and foremost uh you have to be entertaining you have to have good music and you can't bore people because you want to be memorable and you want to have people take away something from your show. And if you don't do that, then you don't succeed. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So yeah. when is when is it when do you start dressing up and doing the drag thing and feeling comfortable doing that on stage? Do you feel comfortable? I, I assume you do, but maybe it's still <laughs> like a little bit of a challenge. No, I'm totally comfortable. Um, let's see. So I started I started dressing in drag uh, over 10 years ago. Um, it was always part of, uh, it was always an interest of mine. I I grew up loving drag. Um, mm-hmm. So I was obsessed with John Waters movies when I was young. Mm-hmm. Great um, so movies. Divine was always on, yeah. the, on the forefront of my mind. Um, <laughs> but of course, there's a lot of other uh, drag queens that don't really uh, get their dues. Um, but uh, yeah, so about 10 years ago, I started kind of dabbling in drag and it became a very big interest of mine. But uh, most drag, and this is not talking down about it because all drag is valid and great, um, but most drag is lip syncing in clubs. And that was something that never really interests me. Um, as far as something to do myself, I love to go watch it. Uh, but doing it myself is not something that I'm great at. 
Uh, but I love drag and I love the art of it. So I was trying to figure out how to combine these two major interests in my life into one thing. So that's how Beverage and the Drinks was born. Um, it kind of clicked one day. I was like, I can do both. And it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be two different sides of my personality. I can play music and drag and entertain people. And uh, we're going strong nine years later. That's amazing. Uh, did, now, when you, now, you, now, yeah, now when you now when you made that move, um, a did it change any sort of focus that you had in the music itself? And B, you, you know, was there was there a different response like from the audience, or or was it a different audience that was now attracted to beverage and the drinks? Yeah, those are good questions. So. When I first started the band, uh, there was a part of me that was thinking, well, I have to sing about um, only gay themes or only kind of like uh, shocking things. Mm -hmm. And that was a part of it in the beginning. Um, it's not anymore. It's evolved into being much more serious. And of course, there's still humor in there. But a lot of the themes in our music now have evolved so much further than those early days where we discuss a lot of mental health, we discuss a lot mm -hmm. of politics. Um, we try to, and of course we're older, we're all in our late thirties, mm -hmm. so uh, that will happen too. Right. But um, it has evolved certainly musically, uh, both lyrically and the music itself to be a little more mature, a little more complicated and uh, complex. Um, and we're really proud of where it's, where it's going. Uh, there's still more, we're writing our next album and that's nice. gonna be even more, uh, diverse in the sound. Um, but as far as the crowds go, at first people didn't know what to make of us. We mm -hmm. were the weirdo band in Chicago. Of course, there's other weird ones, but uh, <laughs> nobody knew how to book us. Um, we've played a lot of uh, strange places over the years and um it's gotten better we uh we kind of found our niche and people actually know what we do and who we are but there are still those interesting moments where people will book us and they don't know what we are mm -hmm. so they'll think that we're like a like a cover band or a joke band and then we'll get on stage and they'll be like oh my god there's like this is pretty intense and uh, <laughs> actual like punk band that plays their own music yeah. mm -hmm. but, um yeah, it's it's been interesting. Uh, we've we've finally gotten to the point where people know what we are and who we are, but those early days were a little touch and go. Mm -hmm. Any so, any any experiences with uh, you know whatever club owners where they're like, no, 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 this isn't going on. You know, you guys are you're out of here. Whatever. Luckily, we've never had that experience. Um, we have we've had some uncomfortable interactions with people mostly patrons mm -hmm. um, and that is all rooted in homophobia or misogyny there's two women in my band as well um and uh we we've had a lot of those uncomfortable situations happen but luckily the clubs have all been pretty pretty good about it um they could all pay us a little more but mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, a, sure. that's, another, that's another conversation <laughs> uh well i'm I mean, yeah, you deserve to be paid as much as you want for these shows. I, right. I agree with you. Uh, uh, and so are, when you come, are 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 you doing your own booking? And if so, I mean, is there like 
a long process that you have as far as like explaining so you don't get in in those bad situations, you know? Yeah, we're we're self-managed. We do everything. Um, it's mostly me doing the booking, um, doing all the promo, everything like that. I have it pretty well oiled now so that mm-hmm. I can explain what we do and who we are pretty quickly. And most people get it right away. Going mm-hmm. on tour is a little hard sometimes because you'll play in smaller cities and they don't really know who you are. But um, in Chicago, it's pretty easy at this point. We have pretty good name recognition. Sure. But we have gotten uh, we've gotten a lot of rejection emails, uh, like anyone does. Um, who knows why that is? Maybe they mm-hmm. just don't want to don't want a band like us playing their clubs. But you know, they're lost. Right. Agreed. Uh, so when you come to the band and you say, "Hey, I've got this great idea. I'm going to dress and drag for these performances," are they like, "Hell yeah, go for it"? Or are they like, "Well, let's think about this." <laughs> um that was always the that was always the vision from the start so i started okay. the knowing that um so they were all on board um the the current beverage and the drinks is a completely different band than the one that i started with though so um the original band was a three-piece i was playing bass and singing um and it was these uh two other guys very sweet guys um we uh we had a really good time for the amount of time that we were together um but the current band is uh uh, Sam, she plays bass, Mary Rose, who is our drummer, and then Dan Jarvis, who's our uh, lead guitarist. And uh, none of them were in the band when it started. Okay, so then they just had to fall in line when they got when they joined up. Got it. I mean, they they love, <laughs> they, love they love Bev. She's like the she's like band mom. Uh-huh. Yeah, life of the party. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> was so did you have like, you know, costuming and being on stage in said costumes has been a prevalent theme of music since like the seventies, you know, with like the New York dolls, Bowie and kiss, like were any of those inspirations to you? Or were you like solely going off of the John waters films and being like, this is going to be my thing. Yeah. So the, the costuming that I use, it's evolved over the years in the early part, it was very, very DIY. It was tough to figure out, um, costuming on a very small budget drag is really expensive unfortunately mm-hmm. um, see that and all kind of like glam and over the top costume mm-hmm. is pretty expensive um so you have to kind of budget and figure out how to do it well um but you also have to keep in mind that i'm also playing guitar i'm taking it on and off um yeah. there is a lot of movement going on so you have to figure out what kind of costumes works for that type of performance as well uh, so I can't wear a lot of the things um, that you'll see on like normal uh, drag shows or mm-hmm. uh, 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 places like that. So I do a very specific type of look usually that um, that works for my performance style. <laughs> um, and yeah, yep. it's a it's been an evolution. We have a we have a bunch of shows coming up this year that. I'm getting a few items made for, which is nice. uh, something I've never done before. Um, but it's pretty exciting to have someone else do it for me and do it well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, you, you, you're also going out on tour with it, so it's it's got to hold up to playing night after night too. Exactly, and I am a sweaty person, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it has to hold up to that as well. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, going on tour is uh, is interesting because when you go on tour as a drag queen, you have to build in two and a half hours to get ready. Yeah, I was so, gonna say. 
Uh, if the venue doesn't have a green room, you have to get ready at your hotel and then drive to the venue or do something else sometimes in a small town. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's funny because we'll get there and my band is like, well, what are we supposed to do for two and a half hours? I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I got to get ready. So find something. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so let's shifting gears a little bit um, to the current climate with uh, the politicization, politicization, I can talk of LGBTQ plus rights. Uh, does that and, and the awful, all the awful stuff that comes from that, the bigotry and whatnot, uh, does that impact your desire to tour places that that don't honor those rights? Like, are you like, I want to avoid Tennessee, or are you like, I'm going to shove it up Tennessee's ass, and I'm playing here <laughs> as many times as I can? Yeah, um, it's a it's an interesting question because everything is so new, so we don't really know exactly what's happening or what these laws mm -hmm. really mean. Um, it's horrible, obviously. Agreed. And. In essence, these laws are really designed to attack trans people, not drag mm -hmm. queens. Um, if you look at all the laws, it is really, if you dig into them, it's not about drag. It's about trans people and mm -hmm. eliminating them from sight. Uh, because a lot of these laws say things like uh, someone dressing in the opposite gender that they were born or something like that, which in a very conservative place will be like, well, that trans person walking down the street is dressing in a different uh, costume or uh, item of clothing that they, than they were born in. And it's really fucked. Um, of course, it's bad for drag queens too. Um, a lot of the places that these are happen happening, uh, the gay bars and the drag scenes are um, like oases for yeah. queer people. So they need it. Um, and eliminating the visibility of like openly queer people is only going to cause young queer kids to kill themselves and uh, mm -hmm. and not be able to really thrive in the way that they should. I was lucky. I got out of my small town in a time that was pretty hostile to queer people. But um, kids these days, uh, we thought in the past few years, have had it pretty easy and they were able to find queer spaces, whether that be online or mm -hmm. in real life, but silencing queer people and drag queens and community leaders is certainly not the way to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not the way to protect children. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to protect ch children, you need to allow them to be who they are and give them the resources that they need to actually survive and thrive in life. Um, so yeah, I mean, places like to answer your question, I'm not scared of playing shows in Florida and I'm not scared of playing shows in Tennessee. We actually have a show in Tennessee in August um, and I'm looking forward to it, but um, uh, I'm also old and grizzled and it can take care of mm -hmm. myself. I'm not a, I'm not a 14 year old trans girl who is struggling to figure out who she is and mm -hmm. will get attacked. Um, I can take care of myself, but um, it's my goal to be an advocate for Queer people, um, especially young queer kids who are weird or love punk rock or music and um, just try to do as much as I possibly can to help them. I, I love that. And I think like the music that you guys put out, you know, covers mental health and things like that. Right. And and so I think it just falls in line that it makes sense that you would have that passion. You would be that advocate for those people. Uh, yeah. 
Go ahead. ahead. Uh, play, pl- playing in, in you know, you, you've played big places, you played small places, but I'm sure a lot of the shows are at smaller clubs, you know, pe- pl- places like the empty bottle size thing um, where the the connection with the audience is is very immediate um i'm sure over the years that you get a lot of feedback a lot of audience response um and and i i would think most of it it would be pretty gratifying or maybe most of it would be something that is maybe even challenging for you to to have to deal with you know i mean because just people that that have issues that they're trying to work through. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a multi-layered question. Yeah, right. Um, it's interesting because places like the empty bottle sized, which is probably like a 300 cap club. Uh, we play those mostly. Um, mm-hmm. and you do get to interact with everyone in the audience. You usually know a lot of them, especially in Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's really nice to be able to connect with people. Um, but inherently these are still very straight spaces. So queer people are uh, definitely a minority in them, especially really visible queer people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also a seven foot tall drag queen. So, um, it's, it's pretty easy for me to navigate those types of spaces in a very confident way. Um, I get a ton of feedback at our shows. So, um, people feel comfortable coming up to me and telling me their stories and I'm always willing to hear them and listen to them. Um, but the drunker that people get, sometimes you'll get unwanted attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially from straight men um, who are drunk and want to touch you or want to like tell you their stories or call you dude or bro or whatever, just to kind yeah. of like, affirm their own gender, I guess. Um, but that's, that's a rarity. Um, <laughs> And it's something that I've learned to navigate pretty well. Um, It's interesting because when we go on tour, there will be a lot of queer people in these like college towns who are like, we've never seen a band like you. Mm -hmm. When we play play in Chicago, we're kind of old hat at this point where people (laughs) kind of know what we do and who we are. So, So it's kind of fun to play in places like Madison, Wisconsin, where you're the craziest thing that they've ever seen um and people want to tell you all about their own experiences like trying on makeup or putting themselves in drag and stuff like that so those are the places that i really love to talk to people and kind of learn their own stories mm-hmm. uh, the small towns where you can just kind of meet new people and see their own experiences through your lens uh what advice would you give to to a 14 or 15 or a young queer person who's who's not sure of their place in the world and, and sees you and she is like, Bev, man, she does does whatever the fuck she wants to get up there on that stage. <laughs> like, what advice do you have for for people? You know, everybody has their own their own situations. So um it really depends on how their safety. So make sure you're safe first if you mm-hmm. are in a place that's not safe for you to do everything that you want to do, maybe try to figure out how to do it in a way that is still safe, uh, because that's very important. Um, Lean toward other community members, um, whether that's online or in person. Um, Let's see. uh, Oh, I mean, reach out. um, And I'm very, very open to conversation. um, And if anyone ever needs to just kind of like talk through an issue, send me a DM on Instagram and I'm very uh, happy to do that. 
Um, She's very it, responsive. I can speak to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. it's true. I'm I'm always online. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all it's all dependent on your situation. If you live in a liberal city, then you have a lot more resources than someone that mm-hmm. lives in Alabama, which is unfortunate. So make sure you're safe first, and then uh, figure out how to go about it after that. Um, also, I don't I'm I don't really know what 14 year old year olds do anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. I think it's, it's like something to do with TikTok. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's just like my way of feeling really old is when people are like, I was on TikTok. I'm like, TikTok. Yes, I've heard of this. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, so we're we're a couple of cis white men over here. How can we be allies? What's the best way to be an ally right now? Um, Good question. Uh, being an ally is incredibly important right now because queer people can't fight our fight uh, by ourselves. Um, and we desperately need allies to do things like um, have very openly queer people on your podcast or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. go support us. And um, if you have family members who don't really understand why these laws are going to kill people, maybe educate them. Um, mm-hmm. Have that difficult conversation because the, right now is the time that it's really important to do so. Um, I am very, very outspoken, but I understand that a lot of people aren't. Um, but I think now is the time to make sure that whenever you hear that, like little comments about trans people or, uh, queer people or LGBT plus people to maybe be like, Hey, let's think about this a different way. Let's have a conversation about why that's Mm -hmm. not okay. Um, because there's always going to be uh someone in your life that might have those views um and right now is the time to change those and a lot of those views change because people know firsthand that it hurts people um my family is incredibly supportive and i think that being a very um very very openly gay queer drag queen has really Mm -hmm. expanded their mind on Mm -hmm what my life is like and in turn uh they're very supportive of trans people and trans rights um they uh would never vote against my rights at this point where as opposed to maybe 10 years ago they didn't know about these experiences and would Mm -hmm. vote uh for people that might have opposing views just because they're fiscally conservative or whatever um but yeah a lot of a lot of lives get changed by firsthand experiences um, so take those firsthand experiences to people that might need to hear them that are receptive to it. I love that. That's, that's but, excellent so, advice. Thank you. But don't, don't fight with people on the internet though. It's not worth it. <laughs> no, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, 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 <laughs> I know, I know you said, um, you know, you love <laughs> Chicago, everything about it. Um, and of course we're a Chicago podcast, but, um, you know, from your standpoint, from, you know, the standpoint of, of, a of a, you know, a, a, a gay drag queen, et cetera. Um, what is Chicago doing right? And where does Chicago need to do better? Yeah. Chicago has an incredible music scene um, and they have a very, very vibrant drag scene. So both of those things are incredibly great and diverse and uh, working really well right now. Um, it can always get better, but right now I feel like it's the best it's been in a long time. Um I really love the diversity when it comes to shows here. Um, and I'm I'm not necessarily meaning the uh, 
types of bands that are on a show. I'm meaning more of like variety type shows. Um, so you'll have like drag queens playing or drag queens performing right before a punk rock band or um, having comedians or burlesque, mm -hmm. things right. like that, that are all in the same bill in the same venue. And those are the shows that I think are really exciting because it doesn't have to be just three bands playing one after the another. Uh, it's more of a, um, more of like a variety show. That's really what excites me. And there's a lot of those in Chicago right mm -hmm. now. Um, also, let's see what else. Um, Chicago venues are uh, top notch. Um, there's a few that I really love here that treat artists really well and have impeccable sound. Um, shout them out. Shout them out. Shout them out. <laughs> yeah. Let's Tell see. Who's doing it right. My, I mean, so many of them. Um, Sleeping Village, Empty Bottle, Talia Hall, The Metro. Um, where else? I mean, even tiny venues like Kohl's, um, mm -hmm. which is a venue we played many, many times in the past that um, has Love pretty good Kohl's. sound now. Um, yeah. Especially after the pandemic, people have really upped their game, I think, mm -hmm. as far as that goes. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many. So many. Shubas. Shubas is another great room mm -hmm. here in Chicago. Um, yeah. Uh, so the, to piggyback off his question, so is there anything Chicago can be doing better to, to support uh, those communities and musicians like yourself? Yeah, I think I think there's always room to improve. Um, uh, I think there's a big movement happening right now with fair pay for musicians. Mm -hmm. um, so making sure that musicians are paid fairly for the time that they put into their performance. Um, it's getting a little better, but it's not where it needs to be. And some places do it better than others. Um, we spend a ton of time doing this. Uh, thousands and thousands of hours putting out mm -hmm. records, practicing. Uh, me in particular, thousands of dollars on costuming and wigs and all mm -hmm. thousands of hours at this point, right? <laughs> and thousands yeah. of hours yeah. perfecting right. my makeup skills, all of that. And being paired, being paid unfairly for that work uh, doesn't really feel equitable um, at this point. So I think that there needs to be, I mean, I would love it if there was like a musician's union or something mm -hmm. similar to that. Um, I don't think we're quite at that point yet for it to be something that is accessible to everyone. But um, I would love to be a part of that conversation if anyone wants to have it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's get it going. We'll start mm -hmm. it now. Yeah. There's also, um, uh, we, we we have pretty decent name recognition now and that's not just, and, and we put in the time for that. So it's, uh, it's not me bragging or anything, but <laughs> I think that venues should branch out a little bit in the openers that they have for some of the shows. Mm -hmm. um, you see a lot of the same names on a lot of the same mm -hmm. bills. Um, so that could be a thing or, uh, asking bigger touring bands to put a local support on a show. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, I've seen places like salt shed doing it a little <clears throat> bit recently, but it would be really big for some of our, uh, Chicago musicians to be put on some of these really big touring acts that are going through. And honestly, it's not that hard to do. Just put a, just put a 30 minute slot in front of some of these really big artists and you can change the lives of some of these small musicians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really that. easy. That's, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get I just, going. um, 
um, Sunday night, um, went, went up to Milwaukee and saw Frank Turner play and smoking popes were the second band. Obviously they've been around for a long time, but the opening band was a band called scam likely. Um, I think they're from Milwaukee and the, you know, they were just loving being on stage. They're like, this is the greatest show we've ever done. This is the <laughs> most people we've ever played to. And they were fantastic. It was, it was just so fun to hear them. So, yeah. And you can feel that excitement too out of some of the younger bands that get to play some of these bigger shows. It's really exciting. And you can tell that they're excited. They want to be there. They um, right. gain all these new fans. And uh, yeah, it's really yeah. important for the small bands because uh, we don't really get as many breaks as, uh, as we should. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that giving us these opportunities to just open these big shows, I mean, the Riviera and the Aragon should just be putting a local band on their shows. Just do it. It's so easy. What what yeah. were some of the what what were some of the big breaks you had? You know, you know, from bigger bands that you really appreciated them. You know, inviting you on the on the tour or on the show or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's see. Well, I'm not saying that we have hit our big break yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the, the first one. We, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're still yeah. we're still open to tours. Trust me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see we play a lot of the big street festivals which is really helpful for us that's in front of thousands of people often mm -hmm. um we got a big break playing all the pride festivals um mm -hmm. which is cool because it puts us in front of new audiences that wouldn't see at a, at a music venue and kind of mm -hmm. us in a different way um some of the bands let's see um we played a show with bully last year as a riot fest after show um, which was a p pretty big show. It was at the bottle, but it was sold out. Um, that was quite fun. Um, let's see. Jeez, I'd have to go back and look. I have a short-term memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, wow. we, we played some fun stuff. We actually just played the Metro, which was cool. Um, it was with nice. this, this drag queen who has a band, um, which I thought was my thing, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a big, it was Get a really good corner. Show. I know, awesome. I know. <laughs> um, but it was a really big show at the Metro, which was fun. Nice. It was a drag, drag queen named Adora Delano who put us on the show, which was really nice of her. Wonderful. Well, mm -hmm. thank you, Adora. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to shift gears now and ask you some Chicago-based questions. So okay. the, if, if you've never listened to the podcast before, if there are new listeners here, which hopefully there are, uh, this is the part where we ask people a series of questions about the things they like and love about Chicago. Feel free to add as much or as little context as you want. Mm -hmm. This could be one word answer. It can go on for minutes, hours, if you want. There you go. Uh, so the first question is, I'm interested in this one because you are a transplant to our fair city. Are you a thick, like deep dish pizza fan? Or are you a thin crust pizza fan? Or do you not like either? Okay. I'm a big pizza fan in general. Okay. Um, I don't discriminate that much, but I do have opinions. You'll <laughs> <laughs> find out I have opinions about everything. Um, I love tavern cut pizza, tavern okay. style, the yeah, square the thin, cuts. Yeah, um, yeah. Love it. Um, I'm not a huge deep dish fan because I like eating a lot. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I feel like I can't eat as much if I eat deep dish. Yeah, it's demoralizing. Um, it's true. Yeah. But I do like it. I mean, I love um what's that place called? Uh starts with a Q P or no oh. Pequots. I love Pequots. Pequots yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, yep. what are your, what's your like go-to uh, tavern style place? And if you don't want to give it away, you can just say like, Oh, no, don't <laughs> worry about it. 
I live up here in Andersonville in Chicago, which is pretty close to Rogers Park. So I order from mm -hmm. a place called JB Alberto's a lot up in Rogers okay. Park. Um, I don't know that spot. Let's check it out. It's quite good and affordable. Um, that's my real go-to here. There's a few other small places in Chicago in uh, uh, Andersonville that I go to often too. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like it. Um, thank you for that. Next <laughs> question. You've you've we've already touched on this one quite a bit. So uh, I'm interested to know from a different perspective. What's your favorite venue to play a show here versus what's your favorite venue to see a show at? Good question. Um, cause those are two different things. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what so, I'm saying. <laughs> so playing, playing a show for us, it's really important for me to have a really good green room because I need a place to get ready and like relax for a few hours pre-show. Um, and there's a few venues that have a, incredible green rooms. Um, Shuba's is one of them. They completely mm -hmm. redid their backstage area and it's gorgeous um the metro obviously has an amazing one um the empty bottle is actually pretty good as well if it's not mm -hmm. summer <laughs> mm -hmm. um it's a little hot down there in the summer but I otherwise see that. it's a pretty nice green room so i like playing all those venues um we're playing a show at talia hall in the late summer so i'm interested to see what their setup is down there too mm -hmm. yeah that'd um, be great which scene shows talia hall is uh an amazing one i love it there yeah very much so um, such an incredible space, a gorgeous ballroom. Um, places like Sleeping Village, the sound is just yeah. so good there mm -hmm. to see a show. And it's um, it's not it's not my favorite place to play. Only and it's the only the only reason because of uh, the only reason it's not my favorite place to play is because when you're on stage you can't see anything. There's this it's it's interesting. Any musician will probably tell you this, but there's this haze, mm -hmm. and I rely so much on connecting. With in the audience and their faces and seeing what they're doing but for some reason at sleeping village you just can't see people it's weird um but um let's see where else um lincoln hall is a really good room yeah so is that i love it there mm -hmm. um sounds really yeah. nice fantastic sound yep yeah i really like that i feel like there aren't too many venues here in the city that the sound is not good anymore uh, yeah, I won't shout uh, Aragon being one of them. Yeah, sure <laughs> jam on here, but yeah. that, that flat ceiling, I feel like sound just kind of dies there. Uh, but I, I digress. Uh, so when you have a friend in town, are there places you're like, I gotta take you to this place? Like, is there a restaurant or things that are like must do's anytime you have mm -hmm. a friend in town? For me, it's the Art Institute. Oh, love the Art Institute. Agreed. Um, I am very big into the uh, like like the, the lakefront honestly mm -hmm. in chicago my favorite thing to do is go to the beach in the summer i'm there mm -hmm. absolutely the um absolutely which beach are you going to i mean hollywood beach obviously there you <laughs> go. i i don't want to assume <laughs> I, I thought that might be a possibility yeah of course i mean i live very close <laughs> but, yes that's um, a great for, beach for those not in the know hollywood beach is the gay beach in chicago and, yeah <laughs> um, it is it is not very um it, uh the police don't really go there so you can kind of do whatever you want um, until they uh. listen to this and start patrolling it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, tons of rest. I mean, restaurants, bars, and mm -hmm. uh, my neighborhood. Uh, if there's a big show, I'll take them to go see a show. Nice. Um, theater in Chicago is amazing as well. Mm -hmm. So if mm -hmm. something is coming through, especially the small independent theaters. Um, I like the weird ones. So we have a little theater in Andersonville called the Neo Futures. They yeah, yeah. Too much light makes the baby go blind, right? Yep, yep. They changed the name of that for some I, reason. I heard that. 
Yeah. Um, I love taking people to that theater because it's so wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, kind of like those odd things that you won't find in other cities. Um, and it's all depending on the year. In the winter, my answer will be so much different than right. summer. Well, we're sending positive vibes out into the universe for summer answers, summer weather. So Soon. I like that. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, what makes Chicago unique as as a music scene? I feel is like it unique? I think it is. Um, I feel like Chicago is so livable that you get a lot of musicians here that uh, can kind of thrive doing what they do without making a lot of money. Um if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think Chicago is still a big city. It's hard to live here and it's expensive sometimes, but um, compared to other much smaller cities, our rent is affordable. We can uh, get around really easily. We have top-notch CTA system um, and it's very livable, which really is a place to harbor a lot of really great artists. Um, so the uh, Chicago is also really unique because it's a city of neighborhoods. So you'll get a lot of different vibes depending on where you're going and a lot of different types of experiences. Um, So the artists that are uh, coming out of one area may be very different than the artists that are coming out of another. Um, So yeah, it's just, it's a very livable place for artists, I think, at this Mm -hmm. point. And that is really a place to harbor creativity and people. I, th- I, th- I think if you're a, a touring band, it's also a great place to have the base because, you know, you can go to Milwaukee, you can go to Madison, you can go to Cleveland, you can go to St. Louis. I mean, there's lots of surrounding towns. You're probably not going to Canton, Ohio, okay. but. All right, fine. <laughs> it's super easy to tour in the Midwest. We've done yeah. a lot of Midwest tours over the years and right. having those drives that are like four or five hours, it's so mm-hmm. nice as opposed to driving for 10 hours to a venue. Yeah. Yeah, it's like playing playing Minneapolis and then uh, uh, Cudahy, Wisconsin, and then Chicago is perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so easy. Uh, um, this one's going to be twofold, but what have you been listening to lately? And have, have there been any Chicago bands that you've been listening to lately? Yeah, my my listening is kind of all over the place. I, I hyper-focus on things often. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of Chicago bands recently. I've been kind of in my Chicago era. Um, okay. So, um, so I'll kind of lump this together into, mm-hmm. um, into one answer. Um, uh, most of these bands that I'll list are probably friends of mine. So, um, I'll shout them out a little <laughs> bit. We, uh, my good friend personally is in a band called No Men who just released a new album. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, they're kind of like a punky, doomy, like sludgy, uh, queer band. Uh, incredible. Their new album's great. Check it out. Uh, Steve, Al- Steve Albini produced it. Mm, okay. Audio. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Namdi. Do you know Namdi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Um, his new album is incredible. I listen to it all the time. He's such a interesting musician, multi-genre artist. Um, I'm like blown away by what he does. He does everything himself too. Which mm-hmm. is yeah, we we saw him at uh, Millennium Park a couple years ago. Yep, mm-hmm. he's yeah. good. He's really good. All those super record people are really amazing. I'm like blown away by them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, also, they're also different, like Kaina and Sen Morimoto and all of them. Right. Just, like, really incredible. Yeah. Um, who else? Let's see. Um, Roy Kinsey just put out a really good album. Um, he's a rapper, kind of like our R&B type 
uh, I guess maybe a rapper. Um, but he just put out a really amazing album, I think last year that I listened mm-hmm. to all of them. Um, and then some, some other buddies like Oba Fowl is releasing a new album. They're mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Cool, like surfy punky band. Yeah. They're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like them. Um, um, well, so, but so cool. many, so many Chicago bands that are out doing really great things right mm-hmm. now. Really- Nice. I'm proud of all. I'm proud of all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! People helping people. I love it. Uh, so this is my favorite question we ask. Uh, we are big fans and of it, cheap it, drinks. It's it's a perfect question for beverage and the drinks, right? I yeah, mean, that's what I'm saying. It ties in perfectly. So it's what is your go to cheap drink? Like you, if I'm left to my own devices, it's going to be like a PBR. It's going to mm-hmm. be like a High Life. What What about you? Okay, yeah. If I'm drinking, if I'm out having uh, booze, I will usually drink uh, tequila. <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, I'm a tequila soda girl, and um, <laughs> that's my that's my go to. Although that gets a little dangerous. Uh huh. Um, I do like beer. I will drink like a Tecate more so okay. than like a PBR if mm-hmm. I'm going to drink beer. Um, I love a um. Like, uh, if I'm at home and just like having like a drink at home, uh, with some friends, I'll have some like bourbon drinks or something like that. All so, right. Uh, I like it. I go to. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'm, I'm uh, more of a, I'm more a of a lady of diverse taste. <laughs> I love it. I'm more of a weed smoker these days. Though. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. I don't like, That's... I don't like, hang- I don't like hangovers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yep. Well, yeah. Who does? Um, all right. So our last question is going to be. Uh, what are you most excited about? It's coming up over the next, like, let's say six months. Yeah. Um, good question. It is going to be a very busy summer for us. We're very excited. Um, so we released our, um, LP X's and hexes last fall. Um, it was in August. I believe it came out and that was our second full length album. So we are still in the like supporting, uh, mode of that record we toured a little bit behind it in the fall but we took the winter off for personal reasons and to start writing our next one but um these next few months are going to be really busy we have let's see um in june we're doing that pansy division tour so we're Mm going to be playing pansy division in uh, minneapolis milwaukee and chicago um we also do a lot of pride gigs so we're doing um midsummer fest in andersonville which is a street oh nice yeah yeah um pride fest uh which is actually the same day as the pansy division show so we'll play that in the morning wow play pansy division at bee kitchen at night um and then let's see we have two festivals in july um ravenswood on tap which is in ravenswood Mm -hmm. and uh we'll be doing wicker park fest again this year um, and then the big thing that came up is we are going to be doing a um, a tour out to uh, the West Coast and back with the band Bully, who is wow. releasing their new album. Uh, I think it's coming out sometime soon um, on Sub Pop. So mm-hmm. we'll be playing. Uh, kicks off in Chicago at Talia Hall and goes all the way out to Vancouver, down the West Coast, and then back. Wow, so that's it, amazing. It'll be a really fun wow yeah this is your most extensive tour have you you've made it out that those ways before we've never played the west coast yet so yeah awesome it'll be our longest tour to date so super excited about it it kicks off in chicago uh tally hall and then it ends in nashville so it's kind of uh kind of apt to our conversation from (laughs) (laughs) yep 
I guess if I get all that rage by that point, right? I know, right? Pun intended. Yeah. I'll have tour body, be sweaty. <laughs> all my costumes will need a good dry cleaning. And if I get arrested, it'll be the last day on tour. So whatever. <laughs> well, well, m- make some notes on the tour and maybe we'll have you back on afterwards and, uh, and tell all the stories. Perfect. A lot of the stories I can't tell in public, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, pick out the parts that maybe are appropriate. That'd be the go. shortest episode we ever have. <laughs> it was a tour. Okay. Thanks so much for coming back on. Uh, all of our, all of awesome. our tour stories are kind of like that. We have to pick and choose the parts we, we <laughs> love to tell people. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, well, Bev, I just want to say thank you so much for, yep. for coming on. If there's anything else you'd like to shout out before, uh, we had out on it. If you feel free. Uh, I think that's it. Um, check us out sometime. We put on an amazing show yeah, and it's true. Uh, we stand for some really good things. Um, mm-hmm. We, we try to be as entertaining as possible, but we're also activists and we really fight for um, the rights of uh, queer and trans people and make sure that uh, we're always having that at the forefront of our uh, minds when we're playing and um, mm-hmm. We don't put up with any bullshit, so neither should we. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so yeah, just, uh, check us out and follow us on social yeah. media. Yeah. All, yeah. All, all our Chicago listeners, you listed off a great number of shows you're going to be doing, so they've got many opportunities. Let's do it. Excellent. I can't wait to see you there. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much for your time, Bev. Yep. My pleasure. All right. All take right. care. Thanks. See you. Thanks so much for listening today. We are No Wristbands. We drink for free. Music, of course, has been provided by Merlin Wall. Please check them out on Spotify or on Bandcamp. Please also subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at No Wristbands, and check out our website at NoWristbands.com.